Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Welcome to the Military Wife Life podcast, Annika. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a bit about you and your husband, um, how long you've been together, how you met? So Michael and I met 2009, so coming up to 10 years now. We met on the Gold Coast at Surface Paradise. I was backpacking with my middle sister at the time, so we'd been traveling. We'd come from South Africa. We have family in South Africa and then flew into Brisbane and stopped off surface for a couple of days and did a bit of a bar crawl and that's where I met Michael he was on a stag night with his friends and yeah that's where we met and then I told him I said look I'm backpack I'm not gonna be living here forever I don't want anything serious but we kind of got quite serious quite quickly and then I left just under a year after that so we were together a year here in Australia I went back home to England and after four months he then followed me to England and we lived over there for 18 months we got married over there and then moved back to Australia. So what was he doing work-wise when he moved over to be with you? When we met, he still lived at home. So he was 21 when we met and I was 25. So he still lived at home with his parents. He was working for Woolworths petrol station. So just a casual there. So it was easy for him just to move to England because he didn't really have any ties. He'd never been overseas. So it was a big deal for him to go straight from Australia all the way to England, like one of the biggest flights you can probably do. And he yeah went over there and I got a job pretty quickly in England. So when you guys decided to move back to Australia, what was the feeling with your family? Were they thinking you'd be back or was it a fairly permanent decision? Um, They knew I always wanted to move to Australia. I did a exchange through the Rotary Club when I was a teenager. So just after I finished high school in England, I did an exchange and I moved over to Australia for a year. And ever since I was 17, I said, look, I want to move back to Australia one day. It took me, yeah, it took me nearly 10 years but I did got there in the end so my family knew and my middle sister had stayed in Australia after our backpacking anyways so they'd already had one daughter over there so they got their second daughter now and my little sister also lives in Australia so all their kids live in Australia. So how did your husband's decision to join Defence come about? He initially wanted to join the Queensland Police because his dad is a retired police officer and one of his brothers is in the police force in Queensland so that was what he wanted to do initially but he couldn't pass the English test so he really struggled with that. So I said to him, I was like, look, your dad was in the army. Why don't you give that a go? So he did had his U-Day and he did really, really well. He pretty much could pick any job in any of the services. And he initially wanted to be an electrician, but then he had his eyes tested and he's come back colorblind. So that unfortunately restricted him to a very few jobs. And he chose medic because his mum's a retired nurse. So it's kind of runs in the family. So that was his next sort of choice. Yeah. And he got enlisted really, really quickly. So I think he had his U-Day in all. August 2013 and he enlisted in January 2014. What were your feelings going into that? Because obviously you were together when he wasn't in defence. It's probably obviously a joint decision at the time. What were you feeling? I didn't know what to expect. I mean, my stepdad was in the army, but when he met my mum, the British army, when he met my mum, that he wasn't in anymore. So it's not something I've ever been sort of subject to. It's not something I know anything really about. So it was all new to me, but it was exciting. I like moving around and that was 
it was exciting to find out that we were going somewhere else. I knew obviously him going to Kapuka, I'd be on my own for three months, so 80 days. And it was hard, but because I had a full-time job, it kept me busy and I had his family here. So it wasn't that difficult for me as it probably could have been. But yeah, it was just an adventure. It was just exciting, I think, for both of us, something different. So it suits your personality, obviously. Yeah. So when you were overseas, you got married, came back. What happened with talking about having children and fitting kids in? Did they come along before your husband went into the army? Initially, when we first got together, I never wanted children. I wasn't a very maternal person. So I I said to my husband, he's from a very big family. He's got seven siblings. And I said to him, if you want a big family like that, or, you know, (laughs) I'm out. Yeah, I'm not the person for you. So it took a while, but because our first, well, not posting, but he did his IETs in Wodonga and we moved there and I was going towards 30. I had my 30th birthday and that's when I kind of was like, look, you know, I wouldn't mind having children. So we got pregnant in Wodonga with our son, but he wasn't actually born in Wodonga. We posted out before he was born. So so where did you go from Wodonga? To Darwin. So we were in Darwin for our first official posting, which wasn't our first choice. It was actually none of our choices. <laughs> my husband requested Brisbane as because his family live in Ipswich. So we were like, look, we're having our first child. We would like to be close to family. But the army had other ideas. So they sent us to Darwin. Yeah, we, he even said at the bottom, he's like, please do not send me to Darwin. <laughs> it is what it is. And it was a good experience. So. That was when you were 38 weeks pregnant. Can you talk yeah. us through that? I had most of my pregnancy in Wodonga, all of my antenatal care. And then we found out we were posting to Darwin, which was a bit of a shock. So I had to organize for all my paperwork to be sent to the Royal Darwin Hospital. We'd never been up there. Neither of us knew anyone up there, had ever been up there, knew nothing about Darwin other than it's hot. That doesn't really uh, go well with being 38 weeks pregnant, but yeah. (laughs) And then my husband actually asked, he said, look, can we sort of delay posting? Can I maybe start a bit later? You know, can we like have the move a little bit later? But unfortunately, that wasn't something they were willing to do for us. So we got in the car, we drove by Ipswich and we made the decision for me to stay with his parents while he drove the rest of the way to Darwin because I said to him, I said, I can't sit in the car for that long. I love it how you say, oh, we just got in the car and drove from Wodonga to Ipswich because like anyone who is from Australia would know that that's a pretty far way. Um, And yeah, toilet stops when you're 38 weeks pregnant for that amount of distance, that would add like another two days. (laughs) He actually wanted to do it in one go. So it's about 16 hours, I think maybe 17 hours. And I said, look, I can't, I can't do it in one go. So we we stopped overnight and then we got to Ipswich and I stayed there, I think for four days while he drove the rest of the way and I flew up on yeah. the day he got to Darwin and we just and like we're... what crossing everything fingers toes legs yeah. everything that the baby didn't come while you were yeah. there and he was flying over to Darwin oh well driving yeah. over to Darwin my mother-in-law said to me she's like well you're either going to have the baby on a plane if he comes early or you could have him on the side of the road if you were to go <laughs> in the car with Michael I was like mm, yes <laughs> I don't know which one which one is worse <laughs> I probably the side of the road <laughs> so how did it all go with you flying over and then the baby coming like talk us through how many days you had to settle in before you had the baby so I got there and I arrived on a Saturday I think it was and that following week I had um, an appointment with the hospital because obviously they didn't know me and I had that and the doctor there said look you're not gonna see me again because you'll have this baby within (laughs) the next week and I was like okay (laughs) and I went back to our temporary accommodation and Michael actually found out he had a friend from high school that had moved to Darwin so we met up with them 
on Halloween just for a drink. She was also pregnant, similar sort of gestation to me. So we just oh, had wow. a, a virgin cocktail, both of yeah. us. And um, say, so see you next time at the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and we went back to our accommodation and yep, and that's where my waters broke. And I went to hospital and I had him two days later and we were due to move out of the temporary accommodation the day after. So I turned oh up goodness. and the removalists were like, this baby looks very new. I was like, yes, he's about 48 hours old. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how did that go with like nesting and wanting to feel settled and ready before the baby came? Like you're in temporary accommodation. You've just moved yeah. your whole life from Wodonga up to Darwin. Nothing's unpacked, you know, pretty much no one at the hospital. Yeah. No. Yeah. How did that feel? We packed as much as we could that essentials that we thought we would need into the car. So for that eventuality, if you know, he was, he came early, we were like, okay, we have the essentials here. And then when we actually moved into our house, we had a couple of colleagues of Michael's who had posted up from Wodonga with us, they came and helped us unpack. So that was really, really good. They they didn't have kids, so they were single and they just said, look, we'll come around. We'll help you unpack. You just tell us where stuff goes and we'll just get rid of some boxes for you. A week later, my mum flew over from England. So I had wow. I had quite a bit of help. So I was quite lucky that we had that, but it was, yeah, it was just a mess for a while. <laughs> yeah. Was your husband like, I'll just pop in and say hi and okay, I'm on paternity leave now. Like what was the, what was the deal with him starting his new job? And when I had our son, he think he took the day or two days off. And then I said to him, I was like, look, you get your two weeks, but you might as well wait because it was November by this point. I said, you might as well wait till Christmas leave because I've got my mum coming. Then my sister came, my other sister came, then his parents came. So there was always visitors sort of staggered. And I said, look, just save the two weeks till Christmas and then just have a really big Christmas break. So he ended up just tagging it onto his Christmas leave and having about seven weeks off which worked out really well. And then I guess by that stage, you'd been in Darwin for a few months and had found your feet a little bit. And yeah. But how did you go getting to know your new location with a newborn? Like, obviously, you know, it takes a bit to yeah. get the hang of being a new mum and getting out of the house yeah. and getting around and let alone, you know, finding your way to Woolworths and all the different yeah. locations you need to get to. How did that go? Luckily, Darwin's really small. So for a capital, it's very, very, it's like a country town and there's no traffic. So it's always nice. You can get everywhere in 20 minutes max. So that was good. The midwife that came to my house to do the home visits, she said to me and that there is an early birds group, first time parents at the library. So I went along to that, which was really good. I met one of my good friends there. She's actually a defense partner as well. And we're still friends now. And I also put a post up on one of the Darwin defense pages asking if there's any playgroups and a nice like now another friend of mine said look there's a playgroup on Larrakia which is one of the bases in Darwin she said come along I'll you know I'll meet you at the gate so you don't you know feel lost and she took me along and yeah I'm still friends with pretty much everyone in that group and that was really nice so that was another way that I got out of the house and met some other people with kids the same age. And I mean if you were going to the new location and you didn't have a newborn I guess it would have kind of been a longer process to find yeah. some friends yeah. I guess I find having kids makes it easier it makes you leave the house I find with that if I don't go out of the house with my kids they go a bit stir crazy so it forces me to go out and go to play groups and meet other people so I, they're a good excuse to get yeah. out of that not that you want to specifically just go and have kids just so you yeah. can make friends no, but it does make not. it easier definitely especially as an adult I mean when you're a child you know you make friends at school or whatever but as an adult it's difficult to make friends I find unless yeah 
yeah, you have something com- in common and kids is one of those things that a lot of people obviously have in common. So. Yeah. And so how did you envision life and career working alongside Defence Life? Did you have maternity leave from the job that you left in Wodonga or you just had to finish up at that job and obviously go to Darwin 38 weeks pregnant so you're not going up there to start a new job? How did that sort of work? So the job I had in Wodonga started as a four-week temporal. I just applied for it and they actually kept me on for eight months. So they kept me on for the whole time we were in Wodonga and they would have made me permanent if we hadn't posted out. So I was only a a casual, so I had no maternity leave, unfortunately, from that job. So I went to Darwin without work at all. And I had my son. And I think when he was probably about six months old, I started looking for work and having some interviews and stuff. But I found it really difficult, I think, because I hadn't been in Australia all that long. And a lot of my resume was from when I lived in the UK. Have you heard about our Lots of Love Care Packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Military Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Military Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. It just didn't work so well. So I found it quite difficult getting work. And I seemed to always just find casual roles, which was good because it meant it was flexible. But I would have liked to have, you know, a more stable job role. But it just didn't work while we were in Darwin. So it hadn't worked out that time. But I had work on and off. So it wasn't too bad. It kept me busy enough. But it just meant that you didn't qualify for any maternity leave, even the government maternity leave. Unfortunately not. And I've actually had this discussion with my friend, who's just recently announced she's pregnant with her second child. And I know she was. She said to me she would like to work between having kids so that she would get the government maternity leave again. And I said, look, I haven't had it for either of my children. It just didn't work out. And I said, it is doable too. You know, you can, you can survive without it. You just need to budget a bit better. It's just one of those things. It's, it's life. Things happen. And yeah, it worked out okay for us in the end. So what is your field of work and how easy will it be for you to find work in different locations? I do admin mainly. Um, I'm studying a certificate for in accounting and bookkeeping. And I have a degree in law, although I've never used my degree. <laughs> I've kind of since... Oh, I've here you are just sitting, sitting yeah. back. Oh, I have a degree in law, but... <laughs> You know, it's just, I'll just <laughs> I keep that in my back pocket. <laughs> I've never used it. I went to uni in, in the UK and I, I think I'm just not career driven enough to pursue a career in law. You have to be really, yeah. really career driven. So I fell into admin, more finance admin, and I've decided I'd like to do the accounting and bookkeeping side. So that's what I'm studying. And admin is quite a flexible role. And at the moment, got a job through a friend of mine who knows me from our pre-defense life. So she's given me an old job back that I had before my husband and join the army so that's what I'm doing at the moment it is still casual but it's ongoing casual so I know I'm not gonna sort of get fired or anything anytime soon how did that come about that job well I said to us like if I if we ever move back to the Ipswich Brisbane area could I have my job back and she said yes you know without a doubt I'd have you back you know you just need to be closer and I said to us like look we're moving to Toowoomba it's not Ipswich but it's you know as close as I've been in a long time so I'd like to have my job back so I started back there in beginning of May I do a lot of driving it's 
it's about two, two and a half hours driving every day. So it is a lot of driving, but yeah, I do enjoy work and I do enjoy going to work, even though it is tiring with all the driving. And how does it go with kids and daycare? And I guess your husband at the moment is Monday to Friday, nine to five and can be sort of relied on to help with pick up and drop off and any emergencies. he's, He's been really good. If he's working just normal, if he starts at seven, I drop the kids off and he picks them up around four o'clock if he's doing a later shift he will drop them off later and I will pick them up on my way sort of home from work yesterday we had our daughter's 18 month vaccination he took her to that because he can take the time from work and he's only up the road and he's been able to do it's been really really good having him home and be able to rely on him and have him if something goes wrong like our daughter had conjunctivitis last week he took the day off and stayed home with her so yeah sucker especially with that one you like stay yeah, away from me on, but and so what did your opinion end up being of the darwin posting you were saying that you wanted to go anywhere but there but obviously you ended up going there what was the verdict i miss it now i never thought when we moved there, i said i'm gonna hate it i hate humid weather i hate the heat i hate that there's no aldi and you know I'm, all these <laughs> things that i'm missing and i was and i just whinged about it for ages but i really miss it i say to my husband all the time i was like i miss the sunsets i miss the lack of traffic I miss the laid-back lifestyle I think since we've moved back to Queensland I find I'm more stressed and everything's just more go 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 all the time and Darwin just wasn't like that it's just one of those places that is so different but yeah I, I really miss it and our son who both our kids were born there but our son hates the cold and he said he even said to his grandma today he, he said oh I'm from another world and she said what do you mean he said I'm from Darwin so you're saying that he finds Queensland with the cold yes, compared he to Darwin. It. So what do you do when you move to a new area to establish friend networks? I usually put a post up on Facebook so and I try and join groups. In Darwin, I was quite lucky that one of my friends had posted up there around the same time as us. So I had one sort of person that I knew and when she found out that we were posting to Darwin, she was really, really excited because she struggled with living up there as well. So I had, I had her up there and then she introduced me to another who's now another really good friend of mine who's not defense but we've become really good friends as well and funnily enough we've all moved back to Queensland so that's worked out really well for us otherwise I joined the military wives choir that's one of the things I did for myself in our last year that we were in Darwin I kind of just said look I want to do something for myself and so once a week I would go to singing practice and that was just time out for myself away from sort of the kids and things and it was just nice to get together with other military partners and yeah I really enjoyed that that was my other big thing that I did and yeah that was sort of the main things how did you find out about the choir a friend of mine was or is still the coordinator and she had a stall at the welcome to Darwin expo and I said to us like I really would like to you know come along I said the only issue is I don't have a defense ID because the rules have changed now but at the time because I'm not a citizen it was really difficult for me to get a spouse pass I didn't have once and she said that's fine like I'll get someone to sign you on not an issue so I just said okay I'll come along to the next practice and yeah that's where it started and yeah that's how I joined up and did you have a singing background or did you just want to do it just to have something else outside of the house I can't even read music so I don't I don't (laughs) have I just I sing in the car that's pretty much as far as it goes (laughs) yeah she said to me she's like look you don't need to be able to read music you don't even need to be able to you know sing particularly well it's more about a community thing getting together you know 
know, having fun. So I was like, okay, it was just, it was really fun. I really, really miss it now. And I'm sad there isn't one in Toowoomba. What would you say to anyone else thinking about joining the choir? Because I think most of us have heard about it along the way, but they might be a bit iffy about, oh, I can't sing or, oh, I don't know anyone. I would say just go for it. I, other than the coordinator, I didn't know anyone. And I just went along and I met a lot of really nice people. I really miss going along to practice now that I can't go anymore. But I would just say, even if you can't sing, I can't read music. I can't play an instrument, nothing like that. And I just went along. And I think when you sing as a group, it sounds really good anyway. And you, you know, you can't really pick out one particular person. So it's so not as long so as a few good ones carrying all yeah. the bad ones, it's fine. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> At what stage when you've moved to a new area, have you started to feel like you've got a good spouse friend network? In Darwin, it took me a while. I think, well, it started off well because I had my son and I met other mums with kids the same age. But once they sort of started going back to work and I didn't, that's when I felt a bit lonely again. But then in our final year, I met new people again and it just that's when it started feeling like home and then it was getting to the point where we had to leave and I didn't want to leave because that's when I finally felt like I'd settled in but with Toowoomba it's a bit different I think because we have family here anyway but I find the defense community in Toowoomba is really really welcoming I don't know if it's because it's smaller and it's not such a large community like in Darwin and I really enjoy going to the ladies' nights. And before I was working, I used to go along to the coffee mornings and that sort of thing. And everyone was super welcoming and really, really friendly. And how important do you think that network will be if your husband does get deployed? I think it'll be really invaluable. I think it'll be great because there is, I've met other women here whose partners have deployed. So they have that experience. Obviously, I don't. It's not, you know, we haven't had that experience yet. So I think it would be invaluable if, if that does happen. I have other people I can talk to and say, look, you know, what sort of contact can I expect from him? How do I send, you know, a care package, that sort of thing? Because I have no idea about any of that sort of stuff. Yeah, first-hand experience info. Yeah. And so what have been some of the things that you've done to help yourself other than the choir to just feel like you've got something outside of the house and defence? And We try and organise as we go. But in Darwin, when Michael was away a lot, especially in the sort of first two years, I used to do a lot of online shopping, like grocery shopping, click and collect. I, I love it how you corrected yourself online. Cho- I mean, yeah, grocery yeah. shopping. <laughs> grocery shopping was definitely a big thing. And I found the weekends the worst when he was away because that's when people used to always do stuff with obviously their husbands and families and my husband wasn't there. So I always tried to organize meeting up with friends at least one weekend and just say, look, can we just go for a coffee or just, I don't know, a walk along the water, anything just to get me out of the house. Because I found, yeah, the weekends were really the hardest when he's away yeah they are terrible because it's like you're you haven't got a routine for the weekend you're just like what can I plan to get us out of the house to tire the kids out and so we don't go crazy for me it was just getting together with friends and just because I find if I'm at home too much I just go a bit stir crazy and that's another reason why I was keen to go back to work because it just helps me cope with things a lot better and just keeps me busy keeps my mind active because otherwise I just yeah I go a bit loopy mental health wise what do you do to look after your mental health? Work is a big thing for me. So I know in the past when I've struggled to find work, it's impacted on our relationship as well because Michael would come home and he'd say, oh, how was your day? I was like, well, it's the same as every other day because I, you know, I haven't really been anywhere. And he's like, I just really just wanted to work. So for me, going back to work and just having that time away from 
home and from the kids is a big thing. I'm also the same. I need to work to be able to be a good mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a good yeah. 24-7 mum. No, same. I'm not a good stay-at-home mum. You know, I applaud people that are mums that are, but it's just, it's not something that, that I'm very good at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the on the, on the flip side, they, they those people might say, I'm not a good juggle work yeah. mum, not being the 24-7 stay-at-home mum. Like, it just, you know, suits different people. And I always yes. knew going into having kids that I wasn't going to be one of those mums but it, it yeah. really hard to get around the guilt because it's just like society just expects yeah. you to be this certain type of parent and when you're not and you know in your head you're not yeah it takes a lot to sort of bring your thinking around and remind yourself that that's not what makes you a good mum like I think it's I'd like to show my kids that it's okay for both mum and dad to work so like that's important because my mum worked when I was growing up like when she went to work my grandparents you know cooked me lunch or whatever after school and that sort of thing so I've grown up with that sort of mentality as well that it's okay for me to be at work I know if I stayed at home I'm not the parent that's going to be doing crafts with their kids and that sort of thing because I just don't have the patience and I don't like the mess so Same. I prefer for them to just be out at daycare. <laughs> so what have been some of the things that you've learned along the way in regards to juggling it all? I think at the end of the day what will be will be so I think for me it's I shouldn't stress out about stuff too much so I, I try and be my friends will probably say I'm quite organized and like my house is always tidy even though I look at it and I'm like what what are you seeing my house is like a mess but <laughs> one of my friends always says she's like Annika your house is is goals I'm like really <laughs> but I take that as a compliment really but, you don't know what's in those cupboards in that room <laughs> yeah I know what I've just stashed away before you came around yeah. yeah but no I think it's just we haven't done the defense life that long so it's been five and a half years since Michael enlisted so not that long but it you just have to expect the unexpected even since we've been here a few weeks ago I won some movie tickets and I said to Michael I was like look I've got us some movie tickets we haven't been to the movies in I don't even know how long I was like just get the time off work and he said to me he's like sorry but there's no one to cover my shift so I ended up going to the movies on my own so I was mm. like well I'm not wait I'm not wasting this movie ticket I want to go to the movies <laughs> so and same as last year I booked a holiday for his 30th birthday to Singapore so we we had a week in Singapore book his parents came with us to help out with the kids and he couldn't get leave so I ended up flying to Singapore with his parents and the kids on my own still say that to him now I was like you missed out on a great holiday to Singapore on a great 30th birthday yeah yeah <laughs> so as much as you'd like to plan you just have to sort of throw your hands up and go oh well I'll just have to do it on my own but I'm not missing yeah. out so any parting words for military spouses out there about to embark on this journey I think what will be will be as I said it will just it will all work out in the end and um, you just can't some things you cannot predict at all and it, there's always going to be a curveball with defense life and you just have to accept it basically and there's enough people here you can whinge to on Facebook or in person and there's always going to be someone who'll be like oh yeah I've had a similar experience you know feel free to whinge to me I can completely understand what you're going through. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, 
I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 